friends. Hello. January 31st, 2022, Virtual Strangers, episode 161 is live. I, of course, am your host, Wes. With me, as always, is my good Good, good, except for I'm making you disappear for a second. You know what, if you could see my face at the maybe the last minute of that uh, trailer, opening trailer, I, I was not good, Wes. I saw a red square appear down there and i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna smash something because this obs <laughs> thing has been really i don't know i don't know what's i hope it's green now i'm just crossing fingers um but it's very bizarre it's making me want to contact uh, comcast and and be nice to a customer service person because it's not their fault but um, well, well look man uh, j just for reference if you start to have issues with it and you need to kill the discord stream go ahead and do it i just need that as my opening cue and after I that you. i can I'm off to the races. Um, joining it. us today, um, special guest, Brad. That is your name, right? You're Brad? Uh, you're, 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 making, <laughs> you're gonna make me do this, I know it. All right, I'll <laughs> get out of the way. Hi, I'm Brad. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, how was TwitchCon, man? You just got back, right? Not too long ago? Yeah, TwitchCon was um, it wasn't bad. It was it wasn't too much VR. So um, but but the actual location and everything, going to meet up with people from Lib was was really cool. Mm. So, it was a great trip for sure. Oh yeah, was it a thousand degrees over there like it has been here for a solid month? It was for two days, and the rest of the week it was like actually, I could wear kind of like a coat, and that was amazing because I'm I live in Florida, and I never I never I you know I have a, I have a coat in my closet that's like gathering dust like so just shake it out and actually use it for once in my life super nice <laughs> nice yeah you got to use your one coat <laughs> my one coat yeah exactly <laughs> uh uh you want to go to gamescom uh, I, I guess you're a traveling man a world traveler now uh gamescom's coming up in like six weeks or something like that in uh in germany and it's going to be amazing yeah, I wanted to go, but it's kind. It's Germany. It, 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 <laughs> I I've gone to a Gamescom before, and it was it was it was a really fun time. But I, I think because I just again traveled um, to Europe, and maybe spent too much money from traveling to Europe, <laughs> I'm just gonna hold off this time. <laughs> well, uh, I am not a world traveler, um, and typically. I get jealous of everyone whenever one of these little trade shows pops up because I, you know, I work full time here. It's hard for me to get out to these things, and uh, but normally I get over it pretty quickly. But Gamescom's a little different this year because I've had uh, a few personal invitations from different studios, and there's cool shit going down that I don't want to miss. But unlike PAX or CES or something like this, this is in Europe. It's not like a drive it's not any kind of drive it's it's uh it's quite a haul so uh yeah unfortunately i'm probably gonna miss out on that but man do i want to go well the good news in traveling like that is um they've made flying very very comfortable it's not inconvenient at all and you don't have to worry about your plane actually getting to where it's going or maybe being canceled or delayed or that's my biggest thing it's like it's such a nightmare i like if you rewind three years and i would think yeah do i want to fly overseas now with it is today and then 
God forbid you get over there and they're like, oh, we have another outbreak and um, we're shutting things right. down and I'm stuck in Europe. Like it was bad enough being stuck in home. Um, so <laughs> that, that goes through my head. It's a crazy time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there would be, um, I, I'm sure there, there would be some fun to be had if we did get stuck over there for a while. We have a lot of friends over there. I'm sure that uh, we would find some very gracious hosts that would take us in. Uh, but with that said, man, really wouldn't want to be uh, separated from my family in a time of catastrophe like that, you know. Uh, anyway, um, got a lot to talk about here today. I mean, it must be a pretty good show. It was good enough to get our friend here to join us, so uh, we probably should kick it off. But before we do that, uh, I do want to convey something to everyone here um, who might be wondering where Eric is. Um, some of you, I'm sure, already know, and others might have heard something, uh, but unfortunately, very sad to say that um, our brother Eric, his mother, passed away this morning, and uh, he's tending to that right now. And he just wanted me uh, to come on here today and tell all of you uh, from the community, those of you who have been sending, sending him prayers and well wishes and, and messages that uh, he absolutely loves you all for it he very much appreciates it and he's going to be back very soon so if you're watching this eric um our thoughts and prayers i know it's cliche but uh literally our thoughts and prayers are with you today and uh, uh my most sincere condolences to you and your family um yeah absolutely uh so i guess there's some audio issue they're saying there's like a buzzing or something and they were thinking it was maybe yours i do see brad's bar bouncing like when it, we're not talking so i don't know if that's it i don't know that there's much we can do i've already restarted a couple things unplugged stuff hopefully you know it settles itself out or um it's not too bad but uh, we are aware yeah, of it or at I least i am and uh i don't hear anything it i don't hear anything either everything sounds great you know um so i don't know uh, anyway, um, we'll see you very soon, Eric. Uh, you know, um, parts with you know, for I'm sure, bro. And uh, he was, he was, re he's, he was really saying in the Discord to me and Wes that uh, he's blown away by everybody's response. That everybody's been messaging him, telling him that you know, and he's just, uh, it really is helping him. So thanks a lot for everybody yeah. being such an awesome group of people. It, it really. Um, you know, you, you we've been reading these stories in the news for, uh, you know, uh, years at this point about people losing those close to them due to, the, you know, illnesses and things. Um, but it always just seems like something on TV, right, until it happens to someone that's uh, close to you. So, yeah, it's a little, kind of a little bit surreal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now that we bummed everyone out, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk a little bit of ER because. Uh, right before we went online here, uh, you still shared something really interesting with us, Brad. Uh, this coming from our friend Tony over at scarredghost.com. Uh, we were talking about Pico 4, I think two weeks ago, and we were kind of wondering uh, how far along in the design process that they might be. Would they wait for uh, the, the next iteration of Quest before they decided what they're going to do with their next headset, what the controllers might look like, so on and so forth. Well, we're starting to get our first look at that now as some uh, images and information about the controllers have leaked. And uh, I don't know if you have that 
first picture up on the screen there, Roots. Um, they look pretty, pretty familiar, don't they? <laughs> I mean, this looks a lot like the PSVR controller to me. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's um, from China. So it doesn't surprise me that it looks like it's copied from. <laughs> oh come on! I it just every compat. I mean, and don't get me wrong, man. Like they'll they'll they they'll make it really good, and that you know what oh, I yeah. mean. But like, Pimax, all these companies, you know, they they just always saying, okay, what and what I mean, you do, you take what works and then you implement it. But it does look very very similar to it. <laughs> so, uh, Brad, I, I haven't had time to read this article yet. Uh, is there any kind of uh, information? Uh, about what's kind of going on on the inside of these things well it's pretty uh pretty standard i i don't think we're gonna have like too intense of uh, controllers here i think they're gonna be very similar to what you would get out of a quest 2 controller but um it's it's interesting they they, they have a dedicated share button compared to I don't, I don't think any other vr controllers have that yet but we see a lot of consoles have like a dedicated <laughs> share button and it kind of it, it kind of works because you know they're, they're owned by TikTok, and I I imagine that they are going to push that TikTok thing hard, and it's going to actually work for them compared to like you know right. sharing posts to a bunch of boomers on Facebook or something. So <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was gonna say. It's gonna yeah, be way better than Facebook does. Like the TikTokers, man, they want to share everything. So. Not even just that as well, but um, I, 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 I like to keep my ear on the Chinese VR market and uh, ByteDance, since they've purchased uh, Pico, they've already been like pushing, which is basically free ads for them, um, pushing tons of Pico Neo 3 ads to the Chinese uh, community, you know, like in between TikToks or whatever, and it made their sales of their headsets soar. So I imagine when these hit the, the Western markets, you're going to see a lot of Pico for uh, ads on the TikTok platforms as well, which is gonna just, again, it's gonna be a constant cycle for them. I think it's gonna do very well. Do you think they're gonna take advantage of the fact that Quest 2 just raised their price? I mean, all they have to do is come in at the, the same price that Quest 2 just went away from, and they're now, now they're the cheaper version. I don't know that they will, but that would be smart. Um, I, I started talking to, so, so there was a story, I think it was a few months ago, um, from a Chinese analyst saying that Pico was planning to try to get their next headsets out before Cambria launched. And, you know, between we have this, which are, these are marketing images. These are not like someone took a picture of a factory floor. These, these are like set up for a marketing push. And also, uh, as you said, two weeks ago, they were submitting FTC documents is, and usually you only do that when you're really close to launching something in America, for example. So, um, uh, I, I do think <laughs> it's actually bizarre, but I, I do, that was like, like the biggest thing that came to my mind when I heard about the, the price increase of the quest two was, um, there, there's, it's still a great value for people, but there's, it's going to be allow a lot better competition at different price points compare like when these head uh, these new headsets come out so i, I think it's going to be um very likely that pico is going to use their tiktok power and subsidize similarly to get their software push that they really need to get developers on their platform and get developers on their platform they need people to adopt the headsets so yeah. so uh, whenever uh, a company like meta decides to make uh such an unprecedented move with regards to pricing i'm sure there's a lot of factors 
that go into their reasoning for that, and not the least of which is the state of the economy and the inflation and all of that stuff. Uh, do you think there's at all any kind of element here where there might they might be trying to play like 4D chess and set a higher price point so that when all of these new products hit the market, that they kind of follow that lead? I mean, Meta can always still sell these things at three and four hundred dollars on, you know, sales, for, you know, during the holiday season or what have you. Um, a, a few people have suggested that maybe they're trying to kind of artificially raise the price point of their future competitors like Pico, like uh, PSVR2 and so on. Do you think there's any kind of uh, merit to that uh, theory? Uh, no, not really. I don't, I don't think they're trying to push a price war in the other direction from their competitors. I think they're trying to push the pricing expectations for their own products, either not even just the high end, but like future quests. I, I think that's a big deal of what's going on. Um, I don't think we're going to see a $300 quest ever again, to be completely honest. they, I, I think they've developed their platform enough, which was the main point of the $300 price point. And even at $400, I, I, I guarantee they're still subsidizing um, per unit, even at that cost. So it's just, again, they're trying to it's a crazy time, in my opinion, to do this. I, I'm, I'm still pretty shocked that they're doing this, but at the same time, I, I think they're going to be fine because they have already nurtured the market for that, even though there's a lot of competition coming for them. I agree. Um, I think that when they said last October, and, and on many other occasions, that Quest 2 is going to be around for a long time, I think Quest 2 is going to be around for a long time. I think Quest 3 is coming next year, and it's going to have a lot of the same features that uh, Cambria, uh, a.k.a. Quest Pro, is going to have, uh, albeit probably, you know, they'll probably do everything they can to cut costs, much like they did with Quest 2. Um, but I don't think it's going to launch, you know, nearly as at a nearly as affordable price point as as quest two is even today so like i would expect and maybe maybe i'm wrong about this that by the end of next year we see meta kind of having a full spectrum of products at, at different price points uh through the quest two quest three quest pro um by the way i mean that quest pro uh, is has that been confirmed or is this just people uh taking your uh, speculation and things that you found from um you know doing the research that you do the, like the name scheme yes uh the quest pro name scheme is people have been calling it more in the media because bloomberg has reported that it's going to be called quest pro because they did they did data mining and when they when bloomberg does data mining then it, then it's okay you know so right, right that's right, just, right. just that's the new hotness in the media and i i, I think it's likely at this point for them to call it that so it makes sense see. right like yeah. i mean it's just you know it's better than the first one one yeah. one word pro so yeah uh, yeah I, I think it makes perfect sense with the exception of the you know the fact that zuckerberg pretty much came out on, uh, during the last connect and said this won't be <laughs> a quest or part of the quest line right yeah. um so maybe that maybe they'll say well it's a it's the pro line right it's not the quest line it's the pro line you know it's all semantics at this point anyway um anyway let's get back to these controllers you know specifically uh 
with regards to the Quest Pro controllers, which you uh, you did a great uh, article on uh, your website recently on uh, sadlyinreality.com. Um, I, you know, I always expected these controllers to be pretty high tech, you know, uh, impressive things, specifically with regard to the tracking, the the uh, the inside out tracking that's on board each controller. Uh, what I did not expect, however, is parity with the uh, the haptic and tactile features of the PSVR controller. You know, um, I, I was surprised enough when I when it was revealed that the Quest controllers were in fact going to adopt the uh, adaptive triggers. Um, but recently, uh, again, you, you revealed that that it doesn't stop there. It's also going to have the, the same kind of HD haptics that we're going to see in the PSVR 2 controller. Um, is this going to be something that, that we, we see more going forward, like specifically with these Pico controllers? Now, I, I get that this is probably something that's already been finalized, um, but, you know, th things can change pretty quickly uh, in our space. Um, do you expect to see advanced haptics, advanced triggers, things like this uh, becoming more the norm with, like, say, Deckard or, or the, uh, the next iteration of Pico? Um, I think for just to touch on Cambria or Quest Pro or whatever, um, the one thing I kept hearing from my sources was haptic triggers, and I kept, like, trying to push them, like, what does that mean exactly? And it wasn't until I got, like, the CAD images and everything that I could be sure, like, 100% sure that there's going to be actual vibrations and the triggers but i still can't com you know, confirm the triggers like i've been told oh, by some people so i just want to clear that up um vibration dedicated vibration will be high quality definitely in the camera controllers but yeah um going to pico 4 i so what i think is happening here um in general is uh these this product that we're seeing here is clearly a product that was pretty far along in development, I think, uh, even before ByteDance uh, purchased Pico. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of the huge, like, there's going to be a lot of benefits to this head, uh, headset. Like, for example, if you scroll up, you can see that they're clearly using some sort of pancake lenses, which is really interesting because um, they're, they're seeming to release like a low end and high end, and they're almost going to be very similar to each other, yet they're going to implement these lenses, which is really cool to see. But um, I just think what they're doing with the ByteDance money is they're like, they're, they're pushing it to market faster. They're going to subsidize this design that they already made. I don't expect these controllers to be like hugely uh, advanced, like the, the Cambria controllers or PSVR2 controllers. I just think they're um, they're going to do their job well, and they're probably going to attract better. But I, just from my talk to people, um, Pico still doesn't have the amazing, amazing capability to do something like an inside-out track controllers like Meta can. So that's gonna, they're, they're going to take some time to catch up in that factor. So right, some time to. Uh, you haven't had a chance to copy yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What I was well, going to say you can take... copy hardware, mm. but it's very hard to copy like these insane intense algorithms like i know when uh you know like hand tracking 2.0 um that that like that is actually so hard to do on the quest 2 and every every competitor i talk to they're like 
I mean, I don't, I don't know when we're gonna be able to get our own version of that out with all, without like special death sensors and everything. So it's true um, though. I mean, it's that's why I go for Intel and I go for Nvidia. There's certain companies have their software down, and they're always pushing innovations like DLSS and and Quest, and like they're com constantly coming out with some kind of a new feature. And that is new, AirLink, whatever it is, they perfect it. Now, granted, they I think they stole virtual desktop, but that's beside the point. Um, they they integrate it in, and they do it in a better way. And so, like, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard for me to get out of this meta. I don't want to be here anymore. I want a different headset. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm really hoping Cambria is better because I, I, I bitch about all the different things that happen with both of my headsets that are owned by meta and just little things that are just annoying um that shouldn't happen so i don't know um brad with, with these specific types of features like you mentioned hand tracking uh 2.0 uh do you think we'll ever um see like pc support for these features uh through link or AirLink? uh i think it's very complicated um the only thing that you might see, because there's two sides of it. There's like the one side that it, it could be possibly uh, seen on the OpenXR application side, where like applications can be using OpenXR when <laughs> there's a whole lot of problems with OpenXR still. Um, and then I, I don't really see things working. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen for a while is basically right. if it does happen, honestly. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I don't, sorry for taking that side tangent there. That's just something I've kind of been curious about for a little while. Um, one more thing on these, uh, on this Pico here before we uh, move on, you mentioned that you think that this specific design for the Pico four has probably been uh, in development for some time and, was probably pretty close to being ready for market when ByteDance picked up uh, Pico. Uh, do you think we could see something similar here to to what we saw with the first iteration of Quest, where we have a, a very quick turnaround and uh, you know uh, the next iteration coming in in you know like 12 to 15 months from now? Uh, given the fact that the hardware uh, you know from the competitors. It, it, it's going to be uh, much more advanced by this time next year. You know, we should see, uh, well, hopefully, I don't, you know, hopefully we see the what, what Valve has, you know, cooking. We should have uh, or be pretty close to having Quest 3 at that point. PSVR 2 will have been out for a while. And all of these are going to kind of be next level compared to what we expect Pico 4 to be. Uh, do you think we see Pico 5 pretty quickly? Uh, based on the fact that they do have this new bankroll and uh, the the competition in the space is is seemingly going to be ramping up pretty quickly. Um, that's a really good question, actually. Uh, I, I I think I, I do think Pico Four is like eminent. Um, not even just from these two things popping up, but uh, the Chinese analyst I was talking about, he was saying this was going to happen a long time ago, and people were like. They're not, they're not gonna release a new Pico headset before Camry. That, that's crazy. And it's always funny you, you you hear these people say that, and, and now they're all on board. Like, oh, this is happening. What is this is happening? Um, <laughs> and 
I, I, I do think we might see iterations faster because there's a lot of um, <laughs> there's a lot of fear of missing out right now in the industry because there's just like a lot more competitors. Um, but the innovations, I'm not really sure what innovations of like a Pico 5 could have in the, the, the short term because I'm already kind of impressed that they're, for example, packing in pancake lenses um, into this thing. But I think uh, new chips is like going to be a big, big thing for a lot of these companies. Like everyone's going to want to do like um, an update, which I, I, everyone tells me that they expect a new chip to come out next year for anyone that wants it for sort from Snapdragon or whatever. Right. Um, but for, you know, like improving displays and like uh, optics, I don't see like a Pico 5 over to be a huge improvement over this Pico 4, for example. Yeah, Qualcomm generally moves pretty quickly with uh, regards to their m mobile chips with for, for cell phones and such. So yeah, uh, I would be very surprised if we don't see a new you know chip and a new reference design in the first half of next year. Uh, you know, of course, it, it would take some time for those to start trickling out in consumer products, but uh, typically Qual Qualcomm moves pretty quickly, from what I understand. Uh, anyway, I want to touch on you one more thing with you before we get into the headlines. Um, you know, we, we pointed out here, um, you know what, never mind that. I have something I'm curious about that I want to ask you about. Last time we spoke, which was not that long ago, um, <laughs> you told me that, that you are kind of accepting the, the new, um, you know, accepted timeline for psvr2 we all have kind of bought into well m maybe it is coming in q1 23 and that all uh signs have pointed to that uh, up until recently but now we're starting to see things um that suggest that it, it could be a little sooner than we thought like um for example um we mentioned it a moment ago there's new firmware that just hit the ps5 that uh, has now installed the PSVR2 user interface onto the console. Uh, we've also seen things like uh, market approvals in um, Brazil, uh, which, uh, and again, I'm taking this one on hearsay. I didn't research it, but someone in Brazil told me that it just had got a market approval there. And when, when PS5 got this same approval that it was out within three months. Mm -hmm. um, so for whatever that might mean um, furthermore uh, we just had a, a, another um, kind of roadmap put down for um, the rest of the year uh, with regards to no man's sky updates that they, they kind of gave us a little kind of picture of what they're working on for the rest of the year and one of the things that they were that they listed in that and it, it may have just been a mistake in wording but PSVR 2 launch was kind of one of the things mentioned in that. Mm. So again, this could all just be, you know, coincidence, you know, mistakes. Um, but it does leave, bring that little glimmer of hope back into my heart <laughs> that we don't have to wait until next year to get that thing. I, I think, um, I think the biggest reason why, like, like everyone was pretty shocked about the Q1 um, leak or whatever. And it probably was true. Um, because back when that was leaked, it was still like early this year and there was still a lot of issues with supply chain. Um, the demand was still high and people yeah, can the, update yeah, things they, fast. 
they hadn't even like nailed down the deal with uh, the Toby at that point. It was still up in the air. Yeah, that, that's a whole other uh, weird thing related to that for sure. Um, but there was also like you know, um, but 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 it's kind of crazy because the supply chain for a lot of these components have almost U-turned from a lot of things not being available to like, oh. Uh, no one's ordering our stuff anymore because demand has dropped so heavily. <laughs> um, and, and you see this especially in the, uh, the display market, especially like LCD. LCD fans are crying right now because no one's ordering their LCDs and a lot of other mobile phone stuff. But I think that uh, has a chance to trickle down to products that like PSVR 2. Like I think it's possible they might have cleared it up. I just don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't talk to anyone related to that but i think it's notable especially we just had the steam deck uh announced this week that every they, they actually bumped up all of their uh predictions shipments so anyone who uh pre-orders a steam deck will get it by christmas this year which is like a huge improvement like so, so some people were bumped up from like q1 to q4 because they just cleared up they, they they quote unquote said they cleared up all their production issues like with components and I think a lot of that is just going to happen slowly across the industry. So I, I think it's okay to be hopeful, but yeah, maybe things change. PS5s are so easy to get now, actually. I don't know if anyone's been watching that, but it's like you, you go on the PS, was a PlayStation Direct, and uh, now the, the, they'll last all day. You can pre order, you can order a PS5 all day once they, those go live on there. So nature is healing. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> no, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, that was the case even as uh, far back as like four to six weeks ago. I, I remember specifically uh, uh, a couple of different places putting uh, PS5s up and it lasting for hours and hours. Uh, yeah. And then the minute they run out, you know, after they've been on sale all day, people start complaining about how they can't get one. It's like, Come that's on, the guys. that's the nature of people, though. If it's hot today, they're going <laughs> to say it's too hot, and tomorrow it's too cold, and just enjoy it, life as it is, I say. Agreed, agreed. I, I do think the one silver lining is the one thing I did hear from people I talked to was one of the big holdups was the displays inside the thing. And they, they, they really are packing like very specialized uh, displays from Samsung. And mm. um, That's actually one of the things I'm most excited about. You know, all these bells and whistles are nice, but when you start talking about consumer devices, with HDR OLED, you know, 2K per eye HDR OLED. Uh, that, for me specifically, is very exciting. I can't wait to see what this thing looks like. Especially with it's Sony. Look at how good the 2016 headsets still look. How is this new headset going to be on day one? It's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, anyway, I think that's going to wrap up our, our impromptu hardware talk. Um <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shout out Tony once again for uh, sharing his information. Uh, Scarghost.com, guys. It's pretty awesome. Tony has been in this space for a very long time, and uh, he does great work. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, anyway, we've got some cool headlines to talk about today, um, but we would be rude if we weren't to kick this show off the way we always do by saying hello to our friends in chat. Uh, GB, the first colossal chromatic gaming squid cat. 
is here. <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, Hussein X is in the house. No Man's Sky in a recent content, up, content update kind of hinted at PSVR 2 release this year. Yeah, I noticed that as well. It, it was certainly interesting the way that that was uh, worded. They, they, they talked about the next things that they were working on, and there was like three of them. Uh, X, Y, and PSVR 2 launch. And then they said, after that, we've got more things planned for the end of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, very interesting indeed. Chuck Makes It is here. VR Hyper is here. Rob Perry is here. What's up? Uh, Onakazi is here. Pouring a briny melon goes from Anderson Valley. <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, Gamertag's here. What's up, GT? Uh, I love that Wes is so excited for PSVR 2, but his G2 is most likely visually more impressive. No, I disagree. The, uh, the, well, I mean, obviously we won't know until I get the thing on my face, yeah. but I mean, the resolution is pretty much one-to-one. It's 2K per eye. I mean, a few pixels here and a few pixels there. Difference, but they're both 2K per eye. Uh, but my G2 is rocking an LCD panel, and as we just mentioned, mm -hmm. the PSVR 2 is rocking, uh, you know, Samsung manufactured 2K per eye HDR OLED panels. Uh, I, I assure you that there will be a marked difference in uh, in how it looks. It's optimized for that hardware too. That's exactly what I just said about PlayStation VR One. That's why it still looks so amazing. Is because it's all about that one package. I think it's going to look better personally. I agree. I, I think it'll remind people, especially people been. Uh, in the VR industry long enough to remember when the first gen headsets or whatever were all OLED and then we kind of coasted along with LCD. I think you are to be reminded why people uh, loved OLED so much with that headset. You know, now that you mentioned that, I'm kind of curious. Um, did you have a CV1, uh, Brad? I had an HCC Vive, um, which, which also had a, a OLED. So, yeah, Vi you Vive was like super bright. Um, you missed the one. It was... <laughs> <laughs> I would be shocked to hear anyone who misses I, those. Things. I've heard people like actually defend it and like almost get in my face about it. It was more CB one time, so they were like they had to be that way. But nah. yeah. Um. Anyway, from what I hear, I, you know, SDE aside, uh, the Vibe displays were supposedly pretty bright. Not the case with uh, Rift CB one. Um, I started on PSVR and, you know, you know, of course, immediately I got the VR bug and was just all in. I built a gaming computer, bought a Rift. Um, I was a bit underwhelmed with how the CV1 looked. I mean, the clarity was good, but th it was just was not bright at all. They were dull. It had this kind of dullness to it, uh, no matter what you were playing. Even though they were OLED panels, uh, I was less than impressed. Uh, with them the, yeah. the, the one thing uh the difference between this is again going back to talking about the psvr1 and like how even though that thing was pretty much put together with duct tape like barely any resources put into it it was an amazing experience for people um the oled screens in that were i, I believe they were already rgb stripe um were. oled yeah. which allows uh, well theoretically allows things to be brighter but also that eliminates the issue with uh the screen door effect even more that's why it was not as noticeable for some of the older like vive and cv1 rift so 
Yeah, I, I imagine they, they're probably going with that too for for the the VR two. And and I mean, on top of the uh, the RGB AMOLED displays, they also use these uh, aspheric lenses, uh, which zero god rays, zero glare. Mm. I didn't even know what god rays were when I built my computer, uh, but I found out very soon thereafter. <laughs> the whole community thought you were fucking with them, right? Reddit or people were like, "Come on, you've never seen a, a god ray. You don't know what a god ray is." Uh, I learned quickly. <laughs> Uh, Artful is with us. Good to see you, friend. App J is here. He says, worst case, I can always complain that there's nothing to complain about. <laughs> there you go. Um, town D is here. You know, we always call her Chinatown D um, roots, but I also noticed last night when I was looking at my after the fall friends list that it also works out if you just move the space over a couple spots. Cheeto Wendy. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her that. Cheeto Wendy. What's up? I, I like What's that. What's up, Cheeto Wendy? Cheeto Wendy. Uh, Michelle B is here. Daniel Kaz is here. Um, Parasite82 Green says, I think April 2023. Um, yeah, well, what we were hearing was February, uh, late February, early March. And, and I can say, uh, you know, without giving any sources out that, multiple reliable sources on that uh, Q123. But again, things are very fluid and they have been for a couple of years now. Things can change, right? Um, VR Spry Guy is here. Good to see you, friend. Mepper is here. Messi! Messi's here, Roots. Yeah, I saw Messi earlier, actually. Messi's badass. Good to see you, Messi. Welcome back. Um... Who else is here? We waited too long to say hello to the chat, man. I can't scroll all the way up to the right top now. Tatum's here. Good to see you, man. Uh, Got VR Legs is here. Um, Space Denison, what's up? Distract. The Pico controllers look nice and light. Yeah, man. They uh, It's a sleek design for sure. Um, I think they look nice. Uh, who else? PD, what's up, Paradise Decay? Good to see you, friend. Uh, ben Stanley is here. VR Demon is here. Um, just Joe. Well, it's not just you, Joe. There's other people. Yeah. Come on, man. Sutrabla is here. Man. <laughs> uh, Wolveraza is here. Good to see you, Wolvie. Silver's here. Silver says, I'm here. Up, Silver. Hello, Silver. Um, Mickey Berrios is here as well. Vargosoft is here. My sister's here. Uh, she says to send Eric her condolences. I certainly will. Um, all right. I think we're getting pretty close to the top here. Spry Guy, I think I already said hello to. Berber Cat's here. Chuck Makes It is here. Twelfth, uh, the Zenithian Game Cat is here. Travel Sim Man. is here. Travel Man says, I'm here. I was just eating some biscuits and gravy. Now you're making me hungry, <laughs> Travel Man. We always know that you're here, Travel Man. Um, Dan 3A is here. Uh, Mike Newton is here. Bat54 is here. <laughs> Gary says, we're all here. What's up, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> we should just change this from... Uh, you know, greeting the chat segment to uh, 
roll call. We should make them tell us if they're here. Like, I'm telling you, I think we need a magic mirror, and we just start calling people's names out, like in romper room. That is, that's the answer. Do it. Uh, Artie Donahue is here, as is uh, Tiffany. Good to see you, Tiffany. Uh, anyway, now that that long introduction's out of the way, why don't we get in to uh, the business? The business. Let's uh, let's let's talk headlines. Community contempt for VR chat update leads developer to quote reprioritize internal roadmap. This from Ben Lang at Road to VR. VR chat, one of the one of VR's most popular social games, released an update this week that has struck a nerve with its community. The long-running social VR application has cultivated a large community of dedicated players since its release in 2017. And while the studio behind the project has largely, largely made steady and welcomed improvements to the platform, this week it struck a nerve with its community. On Tuesday, the studio released the VRChat, quote, security update, which added new anti-cheat software to prevent users from using modified versions of VRChat. Quote, malicious modified clients allow users to attack and harass others, causing a huge amount of moderation issues, the studio explained. Even seemingly non-malicious modifications complicate the support and development of VRChat and make it impossible for VRChat creators to work within the expected documented bounds of VRChat. However, not all modified versions of VRChat are malicious. 
Members of the app's community say that many of them add features that make the game better, and some add accessibility options that allow users to enjoy VRChat that might not otherwise be able to. Further, some claim the anti-cheat solution being implemented will reduce the game's performance and raise privacy concerns. To show their disdain for the update, a vocal portion of the game's community flocked to the game's Steam Store page and collectively review-bombed the title with negative reviews, reducing the app's recent review score to just 18%, which, highlights, which Steam highlights in red as overwhelmingly negative. Although Steam includes features designed to prevent review-bombing, they don't appear to have been triggered. In any case... The studio behind VRChat says it has heard the message from the community loud and clear. Less than a day after the update went live, the studio updated the announcement of the VRChat security update, acknowledging the community's concerns and announcing plans to pivot internal plans in order to build out some of the most used features that were only available via modified versions of the game. However... The studio said outright that it does not plan to roll back the security update. Uh, so, Brad, you know, a as you well know, the, my friend Roots and I here are uh, noobs to VR chat. And, you know, the experience that, that we had last week, we really couldn't tell you how much of that was native and how much of it was modded. Uh, why are people so upset? about this uh, this update. What kind of mods are, are being frequently used that, that people are uh, getting so upset about? I think the biggest ones that people would use normally are like uh, things that allow them to tweak like the menus or just, it's mostly quality of life things for sure. Um, I've, been, I've been banned before for getting caught using some of those mods. Um, uh, VR. Let me just first say preface. Uh, let me preface that VRChat uh, has always been against modding in an official capacity. They just never went the full length to uh, literally add an anti-cheat to stop people from doing it. But um, it. So <laughs> the modding community though has has been able to add features uh, to VRChat that VRChat themselves would not implement because of you know, obviously there, there's there's a there's a timeline that uh, developers can have set for their platform. And some of those features that people might want might not align with a developer's timeline. For example, before uh, something called OSC support was added, you could have, you, you, you could uh, mod buy a mod. You can activate eye tracking, face tracking, uh, and like be haptic suits. And these were all mods that you needed to use with VR chat to use them. So, uh, basically, we're just kind of back at that state where a lot of the community was using mods, which is why there's such a big, overwhelmingly negative uh, review bomb right now, because people feel that all it comes down to is I feel is uh, when you I, there, there's two sides to this. One, uh, VRChat, as the developer that runs this multiplayer platform, they have every right to uh, control what happens on their platform. But there's also the other side of it where due to the fact that it's such a enthusiast community driven game, you have to wonder how much does the community, like when something becomes as such a big uh, enigma in VR, such as VR chat, does, does the community 
um, kind of own the platform at that point or do the developers? And that's kind of what's been the big argument right now, I think. I think the developers are finding out it's a community. That's why they were such a knee jerk, quick reaction. Although I did notice exactly what you said in the, what they said, they're not backtracking on this. They, they still want to implement these things. They just realized that they're going to have to do it in a better way than just saying we're getting rid of everything. Because like, I don't know if this is something that you was a mod or something, but when, when we went into VR, um, to VR chat, you like jumped up on the wall and you like sat down and you like hung your legs off the wall and like all those little things that put you in that in that environment in a different way than I was in, you know, I'm just this guy without all these trackers and all these mods. I don't know if all that goes away with, with that. I, I would imagine that my friend Josh is so into this, this area of VR, that's all he does. And um, I guarantee he'd flip out. Like this is a big thing, right? So. Well, it's like, um, you know, imagine, I, and this is, this is such a simple comparison, but imagine if like Bethesda one day decided you cannot mod Skyrim anymore. <laughs> Despite there's like a huge community around like Skyrim modding and all these things. And I know it's, uh, kind of messed up to, to compare a single player experience to a multiplayer platform, but again, it, it's just because it's it's it. There's literally giant communities based around modding and, and developing things, and and I always hear people describe VR chat as the wild west of things that they can just make things for, whether it be content that follow the t terms of services or things that they would need to mod into so they can push their experiments further. So. But, uh, I know you're working on uh, quite a few things in, in VR chat. You're an avid user. Did uh, this update break anything that you're working on? Uh, nothing. I no, nothing. I'm doing. Um, it, I I mostly been doing sort of the simple things to what some of these modders and users would do. But it it, it is just frustrating because um, I I just think it's. It's, I, 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 I imagine I know the reasons why they're getting so stingent about uh, mods all of a sudden. Because again, mods were never officially allowed by terms of services, but people have done it anyway. Um, but you know, th things are things are changing, and I, th I think there's a lot of investor pressure going on uh, for a lot of different platforms, and it's very difficult to monetize things when you have mods that might be able to bypass that so yeah hindsight's always 2020 right and it would have been great if they could have done something like this uh, a lot earlier in the life cycle of the app uh, but here we are now vr is blowing up now and uh, th there are privacy concerns there are security concerns so i get why they're doing it uh, but you know as they have uh, i'm sure learned this past week they're going to have to pick their game up right because a lot of these features that they have now taken away, um, uh, people are going to be, you know, demanding that they come back in some form or fashion. And again, I don't know specifically what they are, um, but you know, it, it's pretty obvious people are pretty uh, upset about this. Let me ask and you. I, I do. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you if you. I mean, you probably not because you're such a big VR chat person. But somebody in the chat just asked a question that kind of makes me think. You know. What about Neos? Do you think this, if they were to take a hard stance and they were like, it really pushing people away and pissing people off, does it, do you think it 
pushes people to that platform and maybe they are because i know the ui is kind of what's holding them back from what i've heard but um a lot of people rave about neos uh skiva being one of them oh um i i think uh this week has been <laughs> if you had a competing social platform this week you actually got a huge bump in users neos was one of them and i'm noticing that more people, even though they're, again, nowhere near the insane numbers VR chat uh, gets daily. Um, but a lot of people were able to check out uh, these other competing platforms like Neos. Neos had their all-time peak of almost almost 1,500 players, which is pretty big for that platform. And a lot of people, um, yeah, they, they were just testing out pla different platforms. I think that was really cool. Uh, I think Chill Out VR was another one that people were interested into. Uh, one thing I, I really want to mention, though, is I, I saw something in the chat um, about, well, they're adding all these features to make up for the, the, the most quality of life things that a lot of these mods uh, gave people. And I think that's a great response right now. But I think the issue comes again from, like, we don't really know what features people are going to want. And, what, and if those, like, for example, when the face tracker came out from the HTC Vive or HTC Vive released the face tracker, a lot of people that are into social VR was like, I want this working now. I want, I, I want to buy this thing. I want, I want to express my avatar in this certain way. And it wouldn't be for like two years that VR chat would implement uh, the feature just to use that. So again, people resorted to mods because there was this new functionality that came out either do the hardware side or whatever. And I kind of see that as, that, that, that's always what mods have kind of been is if there is something new that people might think of or want to implement because there's a new hardware, then you could just mod it in. Um, and I think there's always going to be a, a lag between a professional capacity from a huge dev team of what their priorities are and adding features and what a modding community that can just do it themselves will do. So it's, yeah, it's a hard thing to balance. I think. Do you think there's a solution in kind of the in-between space from where they're at right now uh, and not again not, not completely like open sourcing it but kind of having this in-between space where they have this smaller community of registered uh, users that can uh, have like a, a, a version like a beta version of VR mm. chat that they can mod and then submit the mods to the dev team to check it out and then we could have approved mods and it would take a little bit longer than it would have taken before, but you're not waiting two years to have features added. Yeah. I think um, I've seen a lot of multiplayer games do this where they'll have a, uh, like a, like a verified version, like a verified branch that would have an easy anti-cheat to be the basic one, but they would allow another version that is not cross platform with the main version where it would be like the, uh, the unofficial like, like i think i think master chief collection does this where you can have a modded version uh and, and mod master chief collection and launch that and play with other users that might have mods installed but the base experience still has the anti-cheat stuff I, I think that would be a pretty cool compromise i just don't i don't think it's going to happen <laughs> but yeah i think it would be a cool compromise to do that yeah it would kind of solve the problem because i mean we all know what the problem really is it's you know the larger platforms it's, it's mainly the pc community that's upset about these things but these things are largely being implemented because of you know the the the, the flat screen version and the 
Oculus Quest version bringing so many users uh, into the uh, into their community. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they, they'll start to uh, um, consider solutions such as this um, without having to lose too many uh, users first, right? And, and that, yeah, I, I just, I just, it's it's frustrating because VRChat is like such an overly enthusiast part of the VR community. Like I would say, I mean, I said this to you guys when I showed you around, but people literally make VRChat their lifestyle once they get into it. Like it, it's people are buying full, everyone's, everyone that makes VRChat their lifestyle, they're spending all their money on like full body tracking, like haptics, AI and face tracking. These are people that are way more enthusiasts normally than um, a lot of these other platforms have. And I, I think that just goes too well and hand in hand with the modding community. So it's just, it, it's difficult. Like, how, how, how are they, are they just wanting to sacrifice their uh, enthusiast base? Like, for, for what? <laughs> like, I don't know what, the, what the, they're trying to get it for, you know? So. Yeah, I get you. Because what do they have without the creators, right? I mean, it's a great set of tools for creative people to create uh, amazing worlds and experiences. Uh, but without the creators, what do you have? Not much, right? Nope. And it, it is fair to say there is like a, a like a it, 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 you can't parallel the creator community too much with the modern community that they, they tend to be, I mean, not all the time, but they tend to be separate um, things. But um, for sure, I, I do think that a lot of the greatest features that would eventually come to VRChat was, again, inspired by a lot of mods that happened to VRChat beforehand. So, yeah. In a related, but uh, maybe uh, in a little different direction here, I'm, I'm curious about something, something I've been wanting to ask you about VRChat. And again, this is just the noob in me being curious. Uh, when you showed me all this stuff, when we went in there, and you showed me like bedrooms where people will sleep and bars where people will hang out and drink, it kind of threw me back to my college days, back when we used to all get together every uh, every weekend and you know chill out and ingest uh, various chemicals and uh, listen to music and watch movies. Uh, that was the one thing that was really missing from all of these spaces for me, is that you know there was no like way to put music on or way to watch things together uh, is do any of these rooms or any of the ones that you're familiar with have like youtube players embedded in them or anything like that like say a, a big screen would have oh yeah all, all of them have video players usually you get to press a certain button hidden somewhere and they'll have a big screen um there's also like theater worlds dedicated to it but yeah you can definitely just play music and watch stuff together and that oh, tends God. to be what happens <laughs> Who's up for VR chat parties, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, I can't make it out to town anymore, but I can sure as hell put my headset on. <laughs> yeah, um, people lay together in the beds and they have a screen on the ceiling. They all look up and just laying on their their dirty floor. <laughs> in VR. That sounds awesome, man. I'm, sincerely, that sounds great. Like, I'd love a place where I could just chill with people. And we always kind of use big screen for this stuff before, but you can only get eight people in big screen right so like uh i mean vr chat there's are there any kind of uh limitations on how many people can hang out in these rooms uh the hard limit is like 80 people but oh. um <laughs> yeah um but you know uh you know depending on the, how complex the avatars are things might start breaking down a little bit for computers so 
Um, Dude, I'm I'm good with twenty to thirty, and I'm straight. oh yeah, that's easy for sure. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, guys, uh, this is the end of Virtual Strangers. I'm not playing games anymore. We're just going to hang we'll out in VR chat every weekend. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any kind of short-term solution for everyone's uh, issue with this update. Hopefully, the the dev team are, uh, you know, uh, trying to come up with creative ways to uh, appease their community and... Uh, Stay tuned. We'll let you know when uh, anything changes.
Super Degrad 2, The Lost Station, first gameplay video has emerged. This from Arthans VR. Super Degrad 2, The Lost Station is coming to Steam PC VR, and developer publisher Game Dust is hyping the release with some news in the first gameplay video. According to the developer, the most important thing in the game is to build something more around it, and that they want the game to continue to be light and full of humor. These elements are built by narration, dialogue, the characters we meet, and how we'll explore the environment, Game Dust said. We are currently designing and writing these elements, so they're not yet ready to be shown to the world. But we want to show you something else. And uh, that, of course, is the, uh, the clip that we just watched. Um, serving as the sequel, this title will re reportedly contain new challenges, pitfalls, and dangers. There's no release date for the game on the Steam page at the moment, but you can wishlist it. Uh, Jupiter Grad 2, of course, will also be releasing for MetaQuest 2. Roots, um, one of our biggest surprises in, uh, what was it, 2020 this one came out, uh, as, I mean, really Game Dust had done a few smaller VR titles before, but nothing quite on the quality level of Jupiter God. And uh, we were just talking during the uh, break there uh, about, you know, as many cool things as Jupiter God had about it. Um, it's really unique. Uh, really, just this this game and Windlands, I would say, the original Windlands, are really the only two that really kind of take the old school platforming uh, from like the old, you know, two, 2D days and bring it into VR uh, in a grappling game. Uh, and as many times as people are going to say Spider-Man with guns whenever this thing comes <laughs> out, um, this game is, appears to, that it's going to be so much more than that, right? Spider-Man with guns. Um, I'll tell you what, man. You know, like even Windlands. Windlands was amazing. Windlands 2, uh, the, the swinging around, the platforming. But this one took it another level, right? Because you have the the way you can um, zip yourself up and let yourself down. You're swinging around your, um, you got those those jet propulsions that, like there's different things you have to do. It's a it's so similar, but so different in my opinion to Windlands 2. And I feel like it's a little bit more advanced in some ways, um, but it's so so good, so fun to, to move around these environments. And I was saying during the break, I, uh, I'm really, looking forward to the exploration it looks like this is more of an exploration thing than the first one right yeah yeah and it looks like um and again this is very early alpha footage uh, the game could be very different um by the time we get our hands on it but it looks like a proper sequel to and it's giving us all the things that we typically ask for in these swinging slash parkour games. I mean, whether you're talking about Windlands or you're talking about Stride or To the Top, or, or I mean, we could go on. We always ask for the same things with regards to sequels. I mean, other than co-op, obviously. Um, we want bigger levels. We want uh, more diversity in enemies and um, in storytelling. But most of all, we, we want more facets to the gameplay, a.k.a. combat. And uh, I think that that's probably the biggest focus of what they showed us here today was that uh, we got guns on our plungers now, Roots. <laughs> Who doesn't want guns on your plungers? That's a whole thing, too. Uh, Bradley, you were saying you hadn't played the first one. 
you got these plungers on this space station. That's the whole thing is like you get there when the first one you get there and you find out that you see dead cosmonauts everywhere. And I'm on a space station. I'm wondering why do they set like there's a lot of death, but they have all these pitfalls and traps everywhere. Very crazy. Um, but uh, definitely, I don't know, man. It's a super, super innovative game. And uh, I'm psyched for the second one. Uh, does it, did, it, did this trailer, Brad, convince you to, uh, to try the first one? Yeah, um, I, I know. I, I, it reminds me of, uh, as I said, I, apparently a lot of people have said this, but it does. Um, I already forgot the name of the game I, I was going to reference. Um, Jedi, it looks like Je the. Jet Island. Yeah, yeah Jet Island. And that, that game is sick. Um, no, it, it looks like a really good concept in general. Like, I think. I think. Uh, I think. I think uh, anytime you figure out a cool locomotion technique, it always makes your game a lot more fun. And you build off of that. It seems like what they're doing for the second one especially so looks good yeah and, and it's very similar to to other grappling games uh but it's a bit more refined uh not only in the uh control scheme and and how it feels uh but with the modifications and things that uh that that you get it's not just grappling of course it, you know there is no like running locomotion like everything you do you do with your grappling hooks um, but I mean, there's, there are water levels where, where you're, um, using kind of like jet propellers on your arms to kind of swim through things. And again, a lot of it, at least in the original was, uh, timing based, uh, roots, are you uh, afraid at all that with the addition of like, uh, the combat elements and enemies that we might lose some of that, uh, original platforming goodness that the uh that the game gave us i'm not worried about it but it's a possibility i mean that's you know anytime you have a, a good formula that works really well and you add something that everybody's asking for you have that potential uh to fuck it up but i i you know they did such a good job with the first one i um i have high hopes that that's not going to be the case and uh sim in the chat says their plunger has no gun unclogging the sink isn't exciting at all well i'll tell you what Try the toilet. See if that gets exciting for you. <laughs> that can sometimes be a, a gem. Uh, so. uh, anyway, those of you who haven't tried um, Jupiter Grot out there, it's available on all major VR platforms. Things like, what, 10 or 15 bucks? It, it's super cheap. Now, with that said, um, it's not a very long game, uh, but there's a lot of extra content with regards to the... Um, What's the name of the alternative mode roots? I don't even remember. Um, anymore. I don't know. It's a time trial, and it was you can actually yeah. do it against the other people on it. That's where things get crazy because you really he added all the uh, a lot of things to kill you and get grinded up. Right, you have like a, a slow way to go, or you could try to take the shortcut as you're racing your friend, but the shortcut goes through all sorts of uh, crazy shit that's going to kill you and start you over at the beginning. So it was kind of a, it was really fun. Yeah, and much like me in VR chat this weekend, the difficulty level is going to be super high. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, really looking forward to learning more about Jupiter God from our friends at uh, Game Dust. Uh, you know what to do if you want to learn more. Click the red button, ring the bell. We'll definitely be coming back to this one. Uh, but that isn't the only sequel that we learned some things about this week. As new Resident Evil 9 leaks have depicted the game's new setting. Now, of course, you know, whenever we're talking about leaks, I, I hate I hate using YouTube cliches, but 
take it with a huge grain of salt, guys. Um, we don't know. We won't know until we see official information whether or not this stuff turns out to be true. Uh, but this article from Biohazard Declassified uh, does have quite a bit of uh, very interesting information about the next uh, title in the Resident Evil series. On June 15, 2021, oh, wait a minute, am I, am I on the right thing here? I got the wrong article up. What the hell, man? This one? Is this the article? This is the article that you had. Resident Evil Dead by Daylight content live stream. I think I might have linked the right one in Discord. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just a second here, people. Bear with me. Thank you, Bradley. See, I knew bringing you here was going to be a good idea. <laughs> well, just did, but um, there we go. All right. So again, this is from Biohazard Declassified. There's also a very good article up on uh, comicbook.com uh, for those of you who are interested. So it appears that we may have some new leaked information on a brand new Resident Evil title that isn't a Resident Evil 4 remake. And apparently, this isn't the end of the Winter's story. Resident Evil has been one of the hottest topics in the gaming world in the past couple of months. With the announcement of Resident Evil Village Gold Edition and RE4 Remake, fans have been hyped on any new information regarding the next installments for their beloved survival horror franchise. But it looks like we're about to get some information on a brand new Resident Evil title that fans weren't expecting to get anytime soon. Now we have to preface this with a warning. Preface. Preface this with a warning. This is some of the earliest leaked information about a Resident Evil title that is currently in the works and that has not yet been confirmed by Capcom. So please take anything with the tiniest grain of salt as none of this is confirmed, and we shouldn't expect any information on the next installment for the mainline series just yet. Now, I do speculate that Resident Evil 9 is in the works besides the Resident Evil 4 remake, as Capcom is known to have multiple teams working on multiple projects for a single IP at one time, especially for Resident Evil. According to someone who claims to have leaked information that popped up on 4chan's general gaming board, Earlier in the wee morning hours of July 28th, a thread popped up claiming that Resident Evil 9 is in the works and that it has the working title of Resident Evil Apocalypse. The game's setting will be a ghost town in the west where a certain investigation will take place. It will have environments such as caves, a river, a small town, and a camping site. Enemies will look like some kind of deformed creatures with a huge emphasis on body horror. The source goes on to say that they'll resemble mythological creatures with horns and locals will call them Wendigo or Goatman. Uh, enemies will be mimicking human voices and could even transform into a friendly NPC. They can perfectly mimic human voices and the player will be forced to look at their behavior to know if they're enemies. It also states that BOWs can get close to a player appearing as a friendly NPC if that person died, unbeknownst to the player. The game will also have a forest that is creepy and unsettling. 
The leak states that it's easy to get lost without a map. Sometimes you'll hear someone walking behind you, but the creature isn't there when you turn around. But sometimes it is there for real. There apparently will also be a mechanic where players can force some doors to open, lock them, barricade them, and have the use of melee breakable weapons. The leak also says that one of the early bosses is named Barguest, which is apparently a giant black dog with a twist, uh, but less intelligent compared to the other monsters. It also seems that Resident Evil is keeping the tradition of having a femme fatale antagonist named Glastig by the locals. She has a really beautiful design with green and gold ornaments and a morning green gown. Uh, this is very peculiar seeing as she shares the same name as a mythical creature from Scottish mythology. According to the source, the player will receive help from a woman bioweapon, woman slash bioweapon named Holder, who serves as a merchant type character. She'll guide you through the forest, tell you some of the town's history when you show her treasures and, uh, and things like that you, that you find along the way. She will also teach the player different herb combinations. Now listen, there'll be seven herb types, seven, which can be combined with each other to achieve various effects. This is very interesting to, this is very interesting to not when you take into the account. Very interesting to not. Okay. To know, maybe. Uh, to know. Okay, thank you. Uh, when you take into account that Resident Evil has only ever had four variations of herbs in the franchise. So seeing such a drastically different number is very alarming to see as a Resident Evil veteran for sure. I disagree with that. I think it's cool if they're, they're going to bring more herb types in. Um, that, that's called depth, my friends. Uh, the monsters fear this woman just as they fear and respect Glastig and won't come close. Uh, this serves as an explanation why they can't enter the save zones and rooms. The plot will be about the ninth moon phase, and the nickname Apocalypse came from that idea. The moon serves as this game's symbol and will probably appear on the logo. Now, like we said, this is from a very early leak. Information in the thread itself did not garner a lot of replies, and there's quite enough information to back up this claim. Uh, something else that um, I don't know if they even mentioned it in this article. Um, I don't think that they do. Something else that I read on a, a similar article claimed that this game is also going to have, um, you're going to be able to have an option for whether you want to play it in first person or third person, mm. which is something uh, that we have heard is coming up for a Village, that Resident Evil Village is getting a third person mode. Apparently this one's going to launch with the, uh, the option to play it either way, which bodes well for us as VR gamers. Uh, Bradley, are you a fan of Resident Evil? Um, not like a mega fan, but I, I, I've played a few of the games. Um, I, I've been enjoying all these remakes that come out so I can experience those games, especially because, uh, I have so many friends that are like obsessed with the originals and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a new, I'm a newborn fan. You could say, have you, have you played any of them in VR? I played uh, the was it the one that released um, for PSVR, which was seven. seven, yeah, seven. That one was Jack. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that one was crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that that is my favorite uh, title. Even still to this day, it's my favorite title, and not just because it's in VR. Because as I'm sure you know, Resident Evil Two can be played in VR, Three can be played in VR, Eight can be played in VR on PC, uh, and even Seven that that same game can be played in on PC with full uh, motion controller support, which is pretty awesome. Um, but you know. Roots, one of the things I really like about Seven that make it uh, so near and dear to my heart is it's like one. You know, when when people talk about Resident Evil, the the title for the game, it was derived from the fact that you are exploring this huge manor, this residence. And, uh, And that was kind of my favorite thing about the first game. I don't know if you remember the first one. But it had this really cool creaky door animation. Every time you would go into a different room, it would stop and just creak open. I do remember um, it a bit. I remember it was pretty fucking hard as hell, if I remember correctly. Oh, I, I loved it. Um, but, you know, as the game got more popular, it kind of got away from what I loved about it. Or, or some of the things that I loved about it. Um, now, there's a lot that I like here with these leaks i think the wendigo is a great idea for uh for like a common enemy um and uh, there are elements i like about resident evil village that they're very clearly pulling over into this um but i'm going to be concerned i got i got to admit you know kind of the saving grace for me with village was the fact that i got to explore this castle um except from the sounds of this you're going to be in some kind of like small town area there isn't going to be some huge, uh, you know, manor or estate to explore. Does that bother you at all? Um, I don't know. I, I me, mean, this is my thought, and like, and I haven't played them all, but everyone that I have played has had some, and I guess four maybe didn't, but like even two, right? Wasn't that the one with the police station? You had this huge police station to, to search around. They always have something big, so maybe, you know, there'll be some rich bill gates character that lives on that island and that's where the only manner that you go search i don't know i think that they're gonna there'll be something to to do but i think there's more more of a chance oh the love chat is back yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, gotta fix that All right, so. um but yeah so uh what was i gonna say i'm getting distracted by the love chat well, here you were talking about the police station in Resident there we go too. yeah it's definitely um i think there'll be something there that's uh that's going but like somebody in the chat was saying there's you know it sounds more like this is um you know something that they were talking about brainstorming is what uh, awesome tatum said pre-production brainstorming type of storylines very detailed it's very this is my first thought as they're saying we're not we're so far away from any of this it's so detailed it's too detailed you know what i mean like either this is some huge huge leak or it's probably not real because I, I don't think that they're anybody's releasing this information this early i could be wrong but but uh, for what it's worth there is precedent here this leak did come from 4chan and there have been um other information about previous releases leaked in this same manner oh. well so it could very well end up being all bullshit um but at least we do know that there is some kind of precedent here sure. um let's say it's true are you down for like Resident Evil meets Blair Witch? <laughs> if it's done right. See, I don't have any specific. Um, I mean, everything that they said sounds really cool, especially the especially in VR. What you 
you know, the fact that they're going to be taking uh, advantage of this Tempest audio and they're going to have all these sounds all around you and you're going to turn around and nothing's there and you're going to get so used to nothing being there and then all of a sudden it's fucking there and that's going to scare the hell out of you. Um, I think it's it sounds really cool. Uh, you know what I mean? And I have faith. I have enough faith in the, the series um, that uh, no matter what they do, I, it doesn't doesn't worry me. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there's something to be said that, you know, if this one follows suit and it does support VR, that this is probably going to be the first one developed with next gen VR in mind. Uh, you know, with all the advanced features, advanced haptics, and especially eye tracking. Mm -hmm. Eye tracking, again, we've talked many times about what a profound impact it can have on horror games. Um, you know, if they know where you're looking, they know where you're not looking and lots can happen where you're not looking. Yeah. And it used to be that you had to be facing a certain way. Now it's going to be able to, if you're looking out just to the side a little bit, they'll know. Right. So, yeah. And you know, when I brought this up to the, the, those developers at Polyarch, uh, they, they said something, um, pretty profound actually that, that got me thinking. And it's true. Uh, it's really for, for, I think it was uh, Alderson, Chris Alderson. He said, for me, it's not so much about where you're not looking, but about what's in your peripheral. So if they know exactly what you're looking at, they can have stuff going on over here that you barely see. And then when you look at it, it's gone, you know, it's frozen. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. You know, one thing I wanted to just like, I just have this idea when you mentioned that like enemies can apparently, uh, pretend to be your oh god that's uh, cool npc too. friends oh god yeah well I, I was just thinking like a lot of these vr headsets have built-in mics and they're gonna get better it'd be, it'd be kind of creepy if like they could record some of the things you say like out loud during play <laughs> sessions and then distort that wow. and have enemies like scream your own distorted voice at you that'd be that'd be freaky that's wow. that's a good idea what, what yeah, well, what's really freaky, um, I'll, I'll tell you off air, I don't want to spoil things for, for people, but uh, your timing there was pretty uh, pretty spot on. Uh, but I do want to correct myself before we move on. Uh, that wasn't Chris Alderson that was telling me that. Uh, this was a conversation I was having uh, with Doug from Fun Train, who just put out uh, the Twilight Zone game on uh, Quest. So, uh, yeah, my bad. I got that wrong. D Doug Neighbors from Fun Train. By the way, Roots, uh, the, the Twilight Zone game, they just put a big patch out for and literally addressed every complaint we had wow. about the game. There's high-resolution textures now. There's variability in the first boss. They've improved the gunplay. Everything. That's awesome. Well, like we always say, that's a sign of a good developer that actually listens to, you know, and and fixes the the problems right and they do it timely that's awesome yeah yeah kudos to fun train yeah uh anyway oh the simplex simplex is not so uh not not so uh keen to spoil things for everyone but uh simplex says this thing that you're talking about uh brad uh with the voice recording uh that that's in twilight zone vr Huh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. so literally, <laughs> literally, as I was about to correct myself, you start talking about a feature that's in the game that I was about to talk about. <laughs> and you've got yeah, the background awesome. for it. Crazy. And, yeah, and, and I've got the background for it, exactly. 
That sounds really cool. I, I, I got to try that out just for that one, <laughs> that one gimmick. It sounds it, so it, cool. It's, cool. it's very basic how they use it, um, but it works. It works. And, and it shows you the potential for something like that because, you know, the Twilight Zone episodes are pretty short. Um, you barely have time to forget that you did that. And that's what, what makes it effective is because you forgot. That they, they distract you with so many things, you kind of forget that you did it. And then when they use it, it's kind of, you know, it has a good effect. Now, if you could do this in a game like Resident Evil, that's, you know, dozens of hours, you know, and you just lay down a few voice tracks at the front of it, and you forget all about it by the time you get into the end game, and then you start hearing shit, like enemies saying your name and things like that, it, it really does kind of have a jarring effect on you. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Uh, Simplex says it happens at the very beginning. Yes, it happens at the beginning, but they don't use it till the end of the episode. Anyway, um, looking forward to learning more about Resident Evil 9. I do hope at least some of this stuff is true. Um, but with that said, why don't we move on to a sequel uh, that, that we have a little bit more solid information on. Yeah, and that everybody in chat's been asking all day about. <laughs> really? Stress level zero. Bone Lab is now playable from logos to credits. This from Harry Baker, Upload VR. Bone Lab is now playable from the opening logos to the end credits, according to Brandon J. Lash from Stress Level Zero. In a tweet this week, Lash said that the game <laughs> is playable from logos to credits, and it has been for a while. The focus of development is now polish. Bugs, Feature Creep, Polish. Bone Lab is the much-anticipated sequel to Stress Level Zero's 2019 title, Boneworks, a physics-based action-adventure game that 
set a new standard for physical interaction in VR. Spanning across an aperture-inspired collection of test chambers, Boneworks gave every object in the world a sense of weight and tactile handling. While Boneworks was released exclusively for PC VR, the follow-up Bone Lab is said to release on PC VR and Quest 2 this year, and potentially even PSVR 2 later down the line. Bone Lab was officially unveiled in April at the MetaQuest Gaming Showcase, described as an action-adventure physics game with a brand new story and two years of in innovation and interaction engine progress building on Boneworks Foundation. With the bulk of Bone Lab complete and the focus now on finalizing features and squashing bugs, it looks increasingly likely Bone Lab will make its 2022 release window as planned. Still no word on a more specific date, but we could hear more at Meta's annual Connect conference, which usually takes place late in the year. Just a few weeks after the Bone Lab's reveal, it had been wishlisted more times than Boneworks. We also know that the physics won't be downgraded on Quest 2 because of the headset's strong CPU. When it comes to visuals, store listing screenshots gave us an early indication at the differences we can expect between the PCVR and Quest 2 release. Um, so a lot of information uh, coming out uh, about Bone Labs in the, in the recent um, weeks and months. And uh, obviously a very highly anticipated title on multiple VR platforms. Um, some of our early questions have already been answered, like is this going to be a complete sandbox or is it going to have a campaign? We now know it's going to have a campaign. Uh, we know that the story is going to be a direct sequel to the Boneworks game. And we know that there's going to be multiple game modes. And it's going to be, according to uh, uh, the studio, it's going to be about one-third campaign, uh, about one-third um, like the sandbox slash lab, and then one-third mods, whatever that means. Uh, we also know that the mods are going to be supported uh, through a, a specific SDK on Oculus Quest 2. Um, now, Bradley, I haven't ever asked you this, but i got to imagine you're probably a fan of the original Boneworks, right? I think it's great. Um, <laughs> I think it's great. Uh, I, I, I actually had trouble when I first played it to complete it to completion, like a lot of people I hear. Um, I think yeah, it's an important I didn't finish title. It. I, made, yeah, I played I, deep into it. I didn't finish it. Yeah, I think it's a very important title to have, but I I, I, I struggle to see it as the, the most um I, I don't I, I like Half Life Alex better is all I'm gonna say. What's weird <laughs> oh, is, yeah. is like Wes has said in the past, and I think where they nailed it in Boneworks is is it the world really there is very few games that you get that immersion in that like you get in that world and it's like you're there. It it really does feel like you're in that world it has its issues but i think half-life alex the problem or i guess not the problem the what half-life alex has over boneworks is it has a, a really good story to pull you through and acting and like and they can say what they want with boneworks i know they came out and they said it's not a tech demo but the story is all told on monitors in little places and i, I still don't know what's really going on in that whole thing and i've played several hours so at some point the story is important so hopefully the second one which i think it sounds like it is going to have everything that we wanted from the first one 
and maybe they've listened to Wes and they, they the file cabinets aren't going to go flying across the room when you try to open <laughs> yeah. a drawer. They because they really they, they they nailed the physics. The physics are amazing. They they did set a bar, but they also needed to find that line to scale things back, like with the double-handed weapons feeling weird and so there was still some weirdness, but I don't get me wrong, amazing. And um, I really look forward to the second one, the sequel. I think it's going to be amazing. I was telling you in between, you guys in between the um, the scene that I I didn't know it was going to come. I didn't know for sure it was coming to Rift. So hearing that they're saying it in this for, you know, Quest 2 and Rift, that made me feel better. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, there's actually, uh, if you look into it out there, you can see uh, side-by-sides of the Quest version versus the um the pc version and it's not that different man i mean there, there's lighting uh differences but that that's the main uh the main difference between the two versions a very good looking game for a quest game um and, and you know we have been critical of the original boneworks uh for, for all that it does well and you're right it's one of the most immersive experiences i ever had and it's not just because of the physics you know just you know the visuals and sound and and the worlds they feel real when you're in there um but with that said like it is a tech demo uh, it's as much a tech demo as it is a game and the physics are a bit overdone in it they don't compensate for the lack of touch and feel that you get in real life so like you're saying you, you, you'll open a drawer and you'll pull filing cabinets over or, or you know um Th- things you would never do in real life because you ha- you would be able to feel it and know when to stop pulling. Um, climbing is terrible. I hate climbing in Boneworks. It's hard. It's difficult. The body, they uh, need to get rid of the, give you the option for inverse kin- kinematics. Unless they fixed it, because like Gary was saying in the chat, he didn't like it. I didn't like it either. That was one of the weirdest things. As you were climbing and your arms were doing weird stuff, I didn't like I would rather just not see feet, my arms. Your feet were dangling yeah. when, when you were climbing. Uh, I remember one of the first things, um, my first playthrough of that game when it came out, I was like, you know, iron stomach, never got motion sick. But there was this one bug where due to the physics of the body, my body got stuck to this rotating wheel. I could not get it out. (laughs) So it kept like flipping me all over the place in a circle. And I I literally had to stop playing because I I literally couldn't fix the problem uh, from that. Oh, that crazy. sounds like uh, so much fun. <laughs> uh, anyway, there, there's a lot that I do like about uh, Boneworks. Uh, I, there's a lot of Easter eggs uh, in the game, um, and, and it's a technical marvel. And um, for something like this to come to Oculus Quest or MetaQuest, um, e- even if it was only going to be a sandbox, which we know it's not, even if it was, Brad... I mean, my interest level is peaked just based on I want to see what they can do with that hardware. This looks like it's going to be breaking new ground on on that uh, on that uh, specific chip. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I even heard like um, they're not even using application space warp yet, and like that that was like a big thing at Meta Connect last year that if they could like games could if they used it double their frame rates or whatever um and they're not even using that so they're doing some really intense like optimization um i'm very 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 curious about the mod the 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 the, the big deal about their modding thing mm. going on their cross-platform mods like 
it, it kind of gives me the the impression that they want to do like a like a sort of like a Gary's mod using their like physics engine. Balance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it could be very cool to see that for sure. Yeah, could you imagine that? Like the like the Source Two workshop only with like Boneworks physics and I'm sure there'll be a slider for you to turn gravity up and down and, and manipulate it in many ways. Uh, yeah. A lot of creative people out there, I'm sure, are going to come up with some cool applications for that. Yeah, super cool. Uh, anyway, happy to report that this game coming, uh, or apparently coming in 2022. Uh, man, the love bot is busy today. Uh, I was just about to hit that fucker down, and PD, thank you for hitting. <laughs> Thanks, PD. Uh, Twitcher, the single-player game cat, I never understand the clamor for full-body inverse kinematics. I'd much rather have floating hands than bad IK. Let's face it, most IK is pretty bad. It is. It is, and when it is bad, I agree. In most cases, I would rather just turn it off. Uh, but then you play a game like Farpoint, which is just the aim controller, but it's got your full body spot on, and it, and it looks normal, and uh, it does add to the, the immersion a bit, or at least I uh it does for me everyone's different obviously uh roots what do you think about this um specific comment here is i inverse kinematics is that something that's important to you or would you just be happy with floating hands i'm like you if it's done well i'll have it i just the, the biggest thing and we say this with everything for the devs just give us options give me the option to turn it off even if it's the most spot on shit in the world i might not want to use it and if it's not spot on um, let me turn it off. And what's crazy is the ones that suck, and I wouldn't say Boneworks sucks. I think it can be awkward at times, but they actually did a good job. But there's some that are really bad, and like that's like you. If you got rid of it, think about how much headroom the developers would have without your janky body that's trying to do whatever it's supposed to be trying to do. So I, I, I would rather not have it if it's not done well. But there, I'd say there's a handful of them that do it well. One of them is Farpoint. Uh, Lone Echo does a good one as well. Uh, but there's not too many of them out there. So. Yeah, and um, I'd also point out that um, we can tell from the footage in the uh, that that was in that trailer there that uh, no more dangly feet when you're climbing. Like it actually matches up, and and they find foot grips for you, or at least in that specific clip. Um, Add trackers, then you can see your legs swinging like they should be. Cool, right? And uh, once again, our friend Brad here earning his keep, pointing out to me a tweet from Brandon last year that says, quote, to fit your real body to your avatar's body, Bone Lab prompts you for your height and t-shirt size. There's also a fine-tuning menu that lets you enter height, chest, underbust, waist, hips, wingspan, and inseam. <laughs> wow, they really want to get it. That's going to really get you down, man. That's a lot of... That's a lot of info, and I bet that really does help, right? You know what else I heard, Brad? I heard that, um, and this this is a rumor; it's not confirmed, but uh, I heard that using the uh, the, uh, the 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 face tracking cameras on uh, the Quest Pro that they're going to be able to scan your real face into this game and put it on your avatar. That's crazy. That'd, That'd be crazy be if true. How cool is that for multiplayer and especially for um, family members like your family members across the country? You're not looking at some shitty ass fucking jank thing that they made. And I'm sorry if you made a really good family member out there that made a good 
uh, avatar. I didn't like it, but uh, I think it'd be cool. But yeah, this seems like a modder's dream, man. Uh, I mean, especially, I mean, how many games on Quest even support mods? I mean, people are going to be able to develop these mods out on PC, and some of them they're going to be able to bring over. Um, it's going to kind of open things up for, uh, you know, Quest gamers, those out there who don't have PC. Uh, they're going to get to kind of experience um, the freedom that comes with modding, unless you're a member of the VR chat community. Well, I was going to say, it's going to be like the VR <laughs> chat, though. You're going to want the PC version. As amazing as the Quest version is, like, there's so many things you can't do in it, right, for, for VR chat. I would imagine it's going to be the same thing. You're going to have this really cool experience and be like, oh, sorry, Questy, you can't come, <laughs> um, which kind of sucks, but that's a good reason to build a computer, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like with all this a avatar customization that and, and emphasis on mod, they say literally a third of the game is modding. So crazy. Like maybe, maybe, maybe this is the VR chat competitor Ooh. that uh, that We've we were talking for. about coming to fill that space, right? Yeah, uh, I think that's a, a big market that's not tapped very, uh, very much. And like, um, there's another platform-esque title being worked on that has vr support Ooh. that's called sandbox um and it's being made by the developers of gary's mod and they're making like Ooh. on oh source God. 2 engine and everything and they're basically doing the same thing they just want to release a platform game that people can make content and, and have multiplayer and do whatever they want and um Dude, this gary's mod like, is so big like it was so big yeah. when it hit like and i so you get one coming to vr like true gary's mod that's huge Looks like Wormsworth says fist and sunglasses, giving us $4.99. And Simplex, Simplex uh, Polish VR devs rock. Love you. Well, they are the best in the business, in my opinion. It's seemingly, right, Wes? Uh, I mean, per capita, I think Poland takes the crown, man. Like, every time I see an impressive new uh, game from an unheard studio, it seems like it comes from Poland. So uh, I will agree wholeheartedly with you, Simplex. Thank you for the uh, donation. Uh, anyway, let's move along uh, to some more creative use of the Oculus slash MetaQuest 2's many uh, new and unique features. Missed Update adds hand tracking support and more on Quest. This, again, from Harry Baker, Upload VR. A new update is available for Miss, which adds hand tracking support and other requested features. Players can now use hand tracking for the entire Missed experience from start to finish 
on quests with gestures for smooth locomotion and other interactions. You can also seamlessly switch back to controllers whenever needed, so you can easily swap between the two input methods depending on your situation. Quote, Implementing hand tracking in MIST seemed like an exciting technical challenge and a cool new feature to bring to players, said Scion Development Director Hannah Gamiel, speaking to the Oculus blog. Additionally, it's one of those things which makes sense for MIST. We already have a ton of options that make the game accessible to folks, and this is just one more way that people who otherwise couldn't experience MIST can now play the game. There's also a new classic videos mode, which adds in the original Myst videos with sound for most of the character interactions. Plus, there's a new Roots Plus. There's a new in-game journaling system, oh. allowing you to take in-game screenshots for reference hmm. with an in-game photo album. The developers say this should help you mark important information for reference without having to take your headset off to write anything down. Uh, and I'm not going to go through the uh, the rest of the article as it's just a uh, basic review of of the game. Um, what do you think, Roots? Like, uh, is hand tracking going to add a lot to this game? For me, no, absolutely not. I I still think hand tracking for the most part is at the uh, gimmick stage. I mean, if you really want to do it, it is getting better. Um, it's definitely a game that doesn't need feedback. So again, so it's. It's not like one of those ones where you're going to say, oh, man, like I, I was missing something. I just uh, it wouldn't make me want to go play it uh, with hand tracking. Um, not at this point anyway. Yeah, well, typically I would agree with you here. Um, and for the most part, I do agree. This game doesn't need hand tracking. Uh, but I do think that there are, uh, that this game is more suited for it than your typical hand tracking game. Mm. Like normally these games seem completely gimmicky that use the hand tracking um mist on the other hand the the simple sorts of interactions that you use in this game i mean you're, you're basically interacting with the world in a very on off sort of fashion you know everything you can interact with is either one way or it's another um and again like you mentioned it's not like there's a lot of you need a lot of tactile feedback with these sorts of interactions this was originally a, a point and click game uh, so, I mean, if there ever were, was a type of game that would be well-suited for uh, putting the controllers down, it's that. Um, so I am moderately interested in it. Again, a lot of it, though, is just the techie in me wanting to see what they were able to do with it. I know that this studio and these developers are a supremely talented and innovative group. Innovative group. Uh, so I think more than anything, it's just curiosity with me. Um but again, this is a masterpiece of a game, and I, I do think that there are certain scenarios where maybe putting the controllers down and, and using your hands, if it works well, could increase your immersion. Uh, Brad, are you a fan of uh, hand tracking 2.0? I still haven't got it yet on my quest. No. <laughs> um, but I do want to add, like, I think uh, I, I do agree, like, a slow paced game like this, it, it could be really fun. Um, just to grab things and turn things like with your hands. I think that's a very natural place for it. Um, the one thing I always think about with hand tracking, and I, I, th I think 
more people should maybe think a little bit about it is um well i do think controllers for gaming is like the way to go for sure um one thing i like about the hand tracking thing is i, I think it might pave the way for not like vr gloves so to say but like if you could attach uh like haptic things or things to your hand like finger clips or like things that clip on your fingers or stuff mm -hmm. and like add that extra bit of uh, feedback to things i think there's a lot of interest there that i'm more excited for for hand tracking that's but, um, the thing anyway. without without feedback 99 percent of games are going to feel weird something like yeah. this wouldn't um because like wes said it's it's like literally hitting this turning this on turning that off um even a game like uh eye of the temple i think would be pretty good because you're just kind of walking around now somebody said in the chat that man they made an interesting thing how would you like well, I guess it's what teleport. How do you how do you move with your hand tracking? Do am I doing like? I said a... it was. Uh, I said it was gesture based. Okay. Um, I don't know what the specific gestures are, um, but we've seen similar things in other games. Um, I'm sure it wouldn't feel the most natural. Um, in fact, I mean, if you were, if you weren't going to use your controllers at all, you might would want to switch to teleport on this. Like at least I I might would consider mm. that. Uh, if I don't have a thumbstick, well, why don't we just hop around? Right. Um, but uh, I'm sure that, that, that they have something. Maybe you put your hand up and kind of move like this and turn like this, you know? Um, which, again, uh, stuff like that would pretty much break my immersion. It but... better work well. <laughs> better be intuitive. You know, otherwise it's right. exactly that. It's going to be really, every time I go to move, it's going to break me out of immersion. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I think this was kind of the impetus for my question. I already asked Brad this morning, if we could, uh, ever see this, this type of, uh, support come to PC, this is a perfect game for it because, you know, we love Mist on Quest, but let's be honest, the, 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 the best version of it's on PC. So you kind of have to, to choose. Do you, do you want the most beautiful version or do you yes. want hand tracking, right? Yes, I want both, but I want the beautiful. You know what I want, Roots? I want to shoot stuff in VR. It's kind of hard to get that wrong, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's really bad. You pinged on the combine's radar. Get ready for company, Alex. They're coming.
Half-Life Incursion brings new wave-based combat campaign to Half-Life Alex. It's the, the hat trick for Harry Baker. Upload VR. Half-Life Incursion is a new mod for Half-Life Alex that adds a one-hour campaign with wave-based combat and randomized enemy spawns. The creators describe Incursion as an hour-long campaign with non-linear objectives that offers more challenging combat than the base game. Well, that, that's a relief. Uh, you'll be able to choose your own weapon upgrades and forge your own path through Incursion, which is set in an open environment with random enemy and ammo spawn locations. Not only will that keep you on your feet, but it should vary the experience on subsequent playthroughs. Um, it says you can check out the tra trailer in the tweet above, which we just watched. But here's a short description from the Steam Workshop listing. When Alex Vance is caught on the wrong side of the quarantine zone, she only has her wits, guns, and Russell to help her get back to City 17. But it won't be easy. The Combine have her trapped at one of their checkpoints, and she'll need to manage her resources and use clever tactics to escape or stick around for some target practice. The mod is a collaborative effort between a small group responsible for the voiceovers, level design, artwork, scripting, and more. Um, Brad... Whenever I talk about Half-Life Alex mods, of which there are many, I always kind of class them right off the top into two main groups. And there's the one group, which are the basic Half-Life Alex mods that use all assets, voiceovers, everything that was in the original game, and just kind of rework that into something new. And then you have the really talented guys who go in here and change things on a very fundamental level. Uh, this looks like it's going to fall into the second category, right? Yeah, I mean, um, doing all the randomly generated stuff, that is something that is usually to do a little bit more work, and it's uh, a little difficult. Um, I, I know how the, the Alex modding works, because I, I've done it myself, and it's like the Source 2 engine is, first of all, like tools are just a, a, a pleasure to work with like any developer who would compare like unity to source 2 tools they'd be like oh my god I, I wish i wish i could make every game on source 2 it's just so nice and easy to make levels and stuff but um for half-life alex the the engine is pretty closed down on what you can do so even the small things like having randomly generated enemies or randomly uh popping up ammo or whatever that's that's a definitely a, a step that you get to in the extra direction so definitely talented people here yeah, you uh you were saying that uh the, the people responsible for this mod uh, th these are known uh developers right so decorated people yeah yeah one one in particular um he's he's been playing with modding uh alex ever since the game came out and his full-time job is actually like a level designer for ubisoft so Again, it's 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 fun to see like a AAA developer in his free time just want to build something like this for free for uh, Alex. It's awesome for people like us who love playing Alex mods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th this is super cool. And Roots, I mean, um, th this type of short arcade style experience with 
with supreme randomization. You know, a lot of people call these roguelike elements, uh, even though the you know the maps are going to be staying, uh, the, the the map itself is going to be staying the same. But th this type of game, this type of experience, has been all the rage in uh, VR in recent years, especially on the, the Oculus Quest. Pretty cool to see something like this, which typically these games are pretty fun. Uh, something like this coming to us now with the richness that Source 2 on PC has to offer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you re replayability. What is that one that everybody was raving about? Um, the contracts or whatever. And, and we were saying it was yeah. good, except for exactly what you said. There was no randomization. The guys were always coming from the same place. Everything was always the same. You take that same contract thing and everything, they're coming from different directions, you know, and like... It, it just, it really does, um, any amount of randomness makes a big difference, so. Oh, d dude, we went in and played After the Fall last night, uh, me and my family, and uh, we, we just did the regular Skid Row run, and uh, we, we, we were inside the apartment complex on the first floor, and as we always do, we were running to the other end of the hallway to clear it before we went downstairs, and then the enemies spawned on both sides of us. So they cut, started coming out of the room and they started coming up the stairs. We hadn't even gone downstairs yet. They started coming up the stairs on us. And just that one little bit of randomness made that area so much more fun uh, because, as you know, that game can be quite repetitive. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything that gives you, um, you know, changing things up is good for sure. I think it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Anyway, really looking forward to checking this out. Man, I think we could do a month on just Half-Life uh, Alex mods now because I, I still haven't tried um, the, the Return to Rapture Chapter 2. I haven't got into that yet. And uh, is Levitation out yet, Brad? Do you know? I, I forget. I think it's not out yet, but I think very soon, if I remember correctly. And that one looks pretty awesome, too. Yeah. Just hours. It's it's crazy how much mileage you can get out of that game. Like even if you bought it on sale for fifty percent off, like crazy amount of content. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, what, thirty bucks nice. last couple weeks ago. That's a steal of yeah. a deal. Yeah. Well we take it for granted, don't we? Like when people uh say, Well, I'm new to PC VR, I finally did it, I finally built a PC, what should I buy? Hmm. We, we always go to all, like all these other uh, amazing games and we we forget the granddaddy of them all right yeah. half-life alex that should be the first thing you buy g said that when she gets her computer soon that's going to be her first vr pc vr game she's going into is half-life oh, alex so excited so excited uh anyway headlines quickly winding down uh although i do have one more update i want to make sure everyone knows about before we go home
Okay, so this is a dev update from the uh, Sweet Surrender blog on Oculus.com. Uh, and I'm not going to read it word for word. But I did want to inform people uh, about this update because this is the seventh major update to Sweet Surrender since we covered it. And by the way, gave it a favorable review. Um, this, uh, this new update adds a whole new level to the map again. Uh, this is actually... Um, a sewer level that lies underneath the mines that you start the game in. So this actually provides you an alternate route to get to the city levels above, uh, which is super cool. It adds more variability. This is exactly the type of game routes that we were talking about a moment ago. These fast arcade-style um, shooters that have roguelike elements and randomization. Um, but, I mean, this game has had hella update since we were in it and um man i'm just so impressed with the continued work these developers are, are putting in on this one that's crazy because there are the game was already good they're adding more content to it which we, obviously we want more content but quality of life uh updates are big right fixing things that maybe didn't um work well or adding different i, I like that thing. i don't know what exactly they flung it up and it kind of went in his wrist that uh, looked pretty cool uh, but yeah, I um this uh, Wolby says this is more his type of game, fast paced, and uh, yeah, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, uh, uh, as uh, I would suggest to anyone who's interested in this, go to the Oculus page and read this because as you'll see, as Roots scrolls down here, this is a huge update. I don't call it a major update um, by mistake. I mean, th they've done a lot here. Uh, of course, there's the new district. Uh, with new um, enemies that are exclusive to it. There's new upgrade chips, new grenades. Uh, there's new acid-themed mechanics, it says. You can burn away your enemies Ooh. while avoiding corrosive environmental hazards. Um, the big one for me, uh, Roots, with this, uh, with this type of game specifically, uh, was kind of the same thing with, that happened with Returnal. It was a big thing. You can save and quit now during Ooh. a run. You don't you don't have to start over if you don't want to finish your run out. This game's getting big enough to the point now that uh, you have to invest some real time into it if you're going to have a, a a hard run. So now you can save it and quit and pick your run up when you get back. I'm shocked. I thought you were going to say improved Korean translation, but actually, I for me uh, that's huge because <laughs> like this game, it like the the levels are big. And I don't know how many times, you know, like you run out of time or something happens. I'm in between. I got stops. My my job by design, I've got hours in between stops. I go home, hang out for a couple hours, and then go back out for a couple more bed bug jobs or whatever the crap they're having me do. Um, and so I, I, I'm constantly checking my time and, oh, shit, I got to get out. Well, you just lost the last 45 minutes on this level, bro. So I, I think that's a really good, um, probably one of the best ones, absolutely. Uh, Brad, as I read down this list of improvements, I noticed one of them being added live support on Steam. Uh, are you familiar with this game? Have you played it at all? I've not played it, but because they added live, it sounds like I need to get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's fun, man. If you like these kind of roguelike um, uh, arcade shooter games, this is a really, really good one. Uh, of course... I mean, there are a few telltale signs of the mobile hardware here, uh, whereas it's not a true roguelike with completely randomized maps, but rather a kind of 
reshuffling of, of familiar areas. Uh, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about there. Uh, also, the uh, trademark cell shaded graphics. Uh, but if those type of things don't, don't put you off, uh, this is a really fun game, and uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, that's going to wrap up headlines and get us into the week's reminders. And uh, not a lot coming out this week, which, I mean, that might be depressing for some, but for me, Roots, I'm kind of excited about being able to play what I want to <laughs> versus what's coming out. Uh, although there is one notable release that I noticed on Steam. It's a game called Robocracy. Uh, this game is scheduled to come out tomorrow mm. um, on Steam VR. This from the developers of Galactic Rangers wow. VR. Um, here's the good news, Roots. I mean, this this is another, again, fast-paced arcade-style shooter. Uh, supports co-op, PvP, all that good stuff that we like. Uh, looks really good. Uh, here's the bad news. Mm. I could not find one second of video footage of this game. Not mm. even like a cinematic trailer. Mm. There is nothing out there, man. <laughs> hey, you notice how I've got a still picture. I, you know, my thing was is because I, I spent like seriously when I was making the thumbnail, probably or not the thumbnail, um, but doing the scenes, like 45 minutes looking for it. And I, I thought surely Steam will have it. This game's coming out tomorrow. Uh, no. So, I, you know, at the time that I... I you know, was putting the scenes together. There was 23 hours until it comes out. I don't know if this is a good game or not. I don't know if it's a good sign that there's no footage out there, um, but there's five, that doesn't mean there's shit. five screenshots. There's yeah. five screenshots. That's all there is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you guys are looking at one of them. This is actually a good, it's a good screenshot, but it doesn't tell me anything. Hopefully I'm crossing fingers and, you know, I guess we'll know tomorrow how good this thing is. I don't know. Anyway, I have reached out to the developers because uh, I meant what I said. This looks pretty cool. I think we could have fun playing it together. Um, but only time will tell how it turns out, right? Yeah, for sure. That brings us to our next reminder this week and every week. This is the part of the show where we ask all of you to join us and participate. Let's do our part to support the development community out there as we all go in real time and wishlist a game it could be one of the games we talked about today or something else that you've been thinking about um wanting to check out for me i think it's kind of a no-brainer i want to check out Jupiter grad 2 so i'm going to steam right now uh to wishlist that what are you going to wishlist roots well i would say that you copied me but you actually had that in your notes so you did i copied you i'm also doing Jupiter grad 2 uh because that game's amazing and I like if you're not going to play it, I question your soul. So. Participate, Brad. This is important to the devs. Okay, they always ask people <laughs> to wish list because it raises their profile on the store and it allows them to accurately gauge user interest. So, uh, are you are you going to wish list the game with us today? I'm going to wish list the Sweet Surrender VR game. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to be a shill for my company and they added live support. So I feel I have to do that. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to check out all the games that, uh, and see if it's good or not. Let people know. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We all aspire to be professional shills, Brad. Don't forget. <laughs> I like to just, uh, I think I like to say we, we try to bring the good VR experiences to people through different, a lot of different, uh, avenues. Uh, so for, 
for what it's worth, the Jupiter God 2 people say that it will be released when it's perfect. And then they have a little picture of a kitty cat emoji. Mm. Well, I bet the game cats really love that. I think that's a, that's what I want to hear from every developer. I don't want to hear a deadline. I don't want to hear that it's coming out in May and then May gets here and it comes out and it's a janky mess. How many big games? Now these are flat, but how many big games this last year came out? Dog shit, New World, whatever it was. And if they just sat back and done like a from with uh, Elden Ring that came out flawless, perfect. Well, aside from some of the PC stutters, um, like it's a big difference, right? Like it, it just, I just think that the, the good developers will take their time and I get it. There's deadlines, there's money, and there's a lot of other things going on behind, especially with the big studios for so you know, working with Sony and other companies where there are, or Oculus or Meta. And they're like, this is the deadline. Um, but it just is important. It's more important than the devs. You can't just roll out a driver or an update like that. Just that's killing too many games. It needs to stop. I think anyway. Uh, anyway, thank you to everyone out there who uh, did their part uh, and participated. Please let us know in the comments down below what you wish listed this week. Uh, anyway, that's going to bring us to our final reminder this week and every week, and that is how you can do your part to support us, our channel, our community, and help us to grow. Of course, if you're new, the best thing that you can do, click the big red button, ring the bell as well so that you can be up, so you can be notified next time we go live, which uh, should be quite a few times this week. I'm home from work for a little while, and I haven't been playing VR, and I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to climb back in. How's your foot doing? Uh, is it getting better? uh slowly it's still swollen man like two weeks to the day since i uh, injured it and it's still not normal and i'm off work for two more weeks well, so thank god you're able to stay off your foot that's really good yeah yeah thank god i play vr seated most of the time right? <laughs> that's true it's not going to affect you at all uh, anyway, for those of you who are already subscribed and would like to do a little something more, you could do so by supporting us on Patreon. $3 per month, that's all we ask, and that will get you access to our weekly show notes. By the way, hours before the show even goes live, you get our weekly show notes, you get insider updates, you get exclusive content, all for less than a dollar per week, and you get peace of mind knowing that you did your part to help build up our community. So shout out to our patrons. We got a new, uh, you also get your name on the outro crawl when we do the outro, and we got a brand new one uh, going up today because we have two new patrons this week. Uh, Mark Finley. Oh, wow. Thank you, Mark Finley. You're awesome. And uh, O'Doyle, who, as we all know, rules. O'Doyle rules. Yeah, he does. Badass. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for uh, supporting us on Patreon. We're up to 25 now. Um, wow. Actually, 27, if you count Sion and Guido, who, who pay in uh, real life money. Uh, we're awesome. up to 27 now. So Guido awesome. last night contributed to D's computer and bought a motherboard and uh wow. really nice motherboard so now Shit, man. now she just needs the memory the fan and the cooler for the processor that's it she's like really close and mashed to send man. the 2080 and so her computer is right <laughs> on the edge that's awesome that man crazy? how cool is that guy man he i mean so awesome get this uh Brad, so this guy, Guido, he's a guy I work with at my factory here locally. Like, he was flat gamer 
what what would you say roots three months ago he was a flat gamer four yeah he over and this isn't a guy really i particularly talk to all that much he works in my department on a different shift we say hi in passing um one day he he hears me over overhears me talking about vr to someone else in the locker room starts asking me questions i give him the channel uh within probably two weeks he buys an oculus quest and he's hooked and uh and now he's like one of the most active members of our community. The guy hands me $100 bills in the locker room. Like, amazing community member and a great dude. This dude, Roots, he sent me a message last week uh, asking me how my foot was, offering to come up here and mow my lawn for me. Like, wow. That's crazy. What a good guy, right? Awesome dude, yeah. Uh, shout out Chris. Uh, Guido, we such appreciate a good community, you, bro. man. Like I really, I think we take it for granted because there's a lot of good communities out there, but they're not as good as ours. <laughs> anyway, uh, we invite you to join this community in our home, and by our home, I mean our Discord server. You'll find an invitation in the description down below to our Discord channel. Um, we're a community of lurkers, but we're always there, twenty four seven talking about life talking about games whether they be flat or vr hooking up for multiplayer sharing streams sharing news articles uh it very much is a family atmosphere and we invite you to become a part of it uh all you gotta do is click yep come home we miss you uh brad thanks for hanging out with, with this man that was a it was a long one but it was uh it was fun man i yeah. enjoyed it yeah absolutely i had a great time too thanks thank you thank you thank you thank you uh, you got anything going on that uh, that you'd like to tell the people about? Um, keep an eye out on my uh, blog, Muse website, sadlyinreality.com. I'm working on <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a mess of an article, but it's um I'm trying to timeline every single data mine we did for SteamVR just to, wow. to kind of give a hint to how long Valve has likely been working on this project and wow. all the improvements. So people can have that clear picture. So. That's cool. It would be cool to kind of have a nice uh, summary article to kind of see where we've gotten to where we're at, right? Yep. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I always have these things in my mind that uh, I, I see the connections because I've spent so much time. So I think it'd be nice to have a actual place people can see. Do you okay, have post-it notes all over your walls with, with pieces of yarn tack between <laughs> them? got the map going. Oh, man. <laughs> That's what I picture. <laughs> I, I, I see it floating around in my eyes. You know, people have, usually have floaters. I have CPR <laughs> strings in my eyes. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I don't know if you noticed, but our uh, our motif here, it's the uh, the Steam VR void. This is where Brad's going to spend his eternity when he finally loses his grip on reality. He's just going to be lost in the Steam VR void forever. I'm waiting for, like, I real. If there was somehow you could push a button, Wes, and just fall backwards and spiral out that door as we left, that would be so badass. <laughs> um, Traveling Man says, hey, throw in a $5 donation. Great to see all the game cats here. Wes does lead the way. And, uh, I think you're doing an amazing job over there, you and Brian and uh, and the crew, and um, and just what you're doing is you're opening eyes to the whole picture as far as what's outside of PSVR, because Brian's so good of, at that whole realm. You're even showing him the way. It's amazing. I think you guys are a great pair. 
That's very nice of you all to say. Thank you, Traveling Man. Uh, yeah, we've infected the community for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure we're going to be making a hard right whenever uh, PSVR 2 gets here. Well, whether we're going to watch you. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah it's going to be awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that's our show. And with that said, friends, I'd like to thank you all once again for watching for Roots and Brad here. I'm Wes. We will see you very soon. Goodbye. Take it easy. Thank you.